Hello and welcome back to OnChain Reaction. I'm your host James Bennett and I'm the CEO of ByteTree. Today we're going to be looking at what is going on in Bitcoin on and off the chain. Okay, let's jump right into it. So as of recording one o'clock on 13th of April, Bitcoin has hit a new all-time high around $63,000, driven by increase in on-chain volumes and greater uh, fund flows uh, into the different Bitcoin investment products available in the market. So this first chart we're looking at uh, in the dark blue line, you're looking at the seven day moving average of transaction value in dollar terms. And you can see that it's kicked up there on the far right hand side after having a, a sort of a base around $8 billion a day uh, has now kicked up towards $10 billion a day and, and the price subsequently is, has kicked up as well uh, to that new all time high. Um, okay, so looking at Bitcoin's volatility is a really interesting picture here. Um, volatility has been falling over the last two and a half months. Uh, so we're now down at about 37, 40% 30 uh, day volatility. This is uh, just taking the five days. So if you're doing the calculations yourself, I think if you take the seven days, you'll find actually you're up at around uh, 52, 54%. Um, but look, the important picture here is that uh, Bitcoin's volatility is falling. Uh, right now, it's lower than Tesla, uh, which you can see there in the sort of orange line along the top. The red uh, is iShares 20 plus year treasury bonds. And as you could imagine, the volatility on that is very low. That's the bottom line uh, in red there. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin's trending towards Microsoft uh, levels, which is you know, not considered to be a highly volatile stock, I don't think. People would be alarmed and tell you that you were going to, you know, be risking uh, a lot of your money by investing in Microsoft, um, and you know it, it's trending towards a similar sort of volatility as that. So, it's just to say, yes, volatility did pick up during the uh, beginning, late last year, beginning of this year, as we sort of found that new price region, um, but now it's really sort of calming back down again. Uh, another mark towards the uh, institutionalization, the growing up let's say, of this space. Okay, so we touched on it briefly a minute ago, but here we can see funds are continue, continuing to accumulate Bitcoin uh, with around $20 million in the funds that we track uh, coming in last week. Um, it's not a huge number, but the, the uptrend is, is still there. Uh, and it's probably fair to say that there are other new products coming to market, um, particularly in, the, in, in Canada, um, lots of different investment trusts or, or mutual funds, ETFs uh, popping up in Canada. So, you know, if the volume isn't necessarily going into the old products, it's going into the new products, but the uptrend is still intact there. And, you know, just before we move on, actually, if you look back to the bottom left hand side of the chart, you can see in January 20, there are about 320,000 Bitcoin uh, in all the funds, and that has uh, more than doubled. Uh, significantly more than doubled up to just shy of 800,000 Bitcoin. Um, so, you know, there is a there is a very significant interest here from institutions. And that doesn't include those that are buying directly through the likes of Coinbase um, and custodying there or, or Fidelity and so on. Um, okay, so last quick chart on Bitcoin here, we can see that fees uh, as a percentage of total minor revenues have stabilized around that 9% mark. That's the gold line you're looking at there. Um, fairly fairly um, simple picture really uh, from what we've seen last week. Um, there seems to be quite an established base level there of, of around 9% uh, 
uh, with daily miner revenue still up at around $60 million per day. So miners are happy, uh, they're making hay and collecting their Bitcoin. And in fact, this has led to an all-time high hash rate. So the most computer power we've ever had working on the Bitcoin network is, is um, today. So that's really exciting, really good for the, the long-term future of this asset. Okay, last couple of charts. I've got three sh three charts here I want to show you um, in relation to the uh, BNB coin growth that we've seen over the last sort of uh, weeks and months. Um, so I think BNB is trading up around $500. And if you look back, you know, to our analysts call in um, about September last year, uh, September, October, I think it was around $15. Uh, so this chain has absolutely exploded. And I just wanted to give a bit of context as to why. So yes, Binance is an exchange and um, you need to, well, you don't need to, you can buy the, the BNB token in order to get reduced fees for your trading. Um, and you can also stake BNB in order to get access to different deal flow and, and such through the exchange. Now this isn't an advert for Binance, but what I wanted to show you here is the Binance chain, um, which is BSC, um, is running a lot of different Binance applications. And I think my take is that you know, the amount of activity that's happening on Binance is making people think, well, actually, could this be an, an Ethereum killer? Um, I don't think it will be for lots of um, very boring reasons around security and decentralization, you know, all of the kind of core concepts that um, blockchains uh, serve to fill. Um, but, you know, from a, from, from a just on-chain activity point of view, BSC is really picking up. Uh, so, okay, enough of an intro. Here we have a chart that shows um, the total decentralized exchange volumes over the last year. Um, and, you know, in blue, uh, you can see PancakeSwap, which is a uh, decentralized exchange on uh, the Binance chain. And all of the other um, uh, colors that you can see there are Ethereum based. So really notable is that the blue didn't appear until uh, sort of late February. Uh, and from that point, it has been growing really fast and taking share from the likes of Uniswap um, over that time. So, you know, it, it really has come out of, um, you could say it's come out of nowhere um, and doing significant volumes, 24 hour volumes across all DEXs. Um, that's both on Binance Smart Chain and on Ethereum around 4.3 billion in the last 24 hours. Okay, so within that sort of uh, pancake swap uh, volume, we're also seeing um, a huge amount of users. So this is the number of wallets uh, that are interacting with the protocol. Uh, at the moment, if you add up the users across both all of the Ethereum DEXs and Binance Smart Chain DEXs, the Binance PancakeSwap application actually captures more than 75% of all user wallet addresses that are interacting with these platforms. So, you know, here it's a, it's a much clearer picture. There isn't a market share stealing such a scenario going on as much as, you know, PancakeSwap has just enabled a whole host of new users to actually access uh, these decentralized exchanges. Um, and that's largely because of uh, Binance's sort of very retail focused uh, platform that allows better or let's say simpler integration lower fees, all those things that make life, you know, a little bit easier for, for trading um, through their through their platform. Okay, and the last thing I wanted to mention here is that um, not relating to Binance, uh, but across the whole decentralized market, uh, over $17 billion has been borrowed through decentralized markets, $17 billion. 
So that is a huge, huge sum. Right, well, that's it from me for now. We'll see you next time.